Hello and welcome to Life Bites, Bite Back. Today I'm visiting with a friend of mine, Sarah Mooney. Hello. <laughs> um, today we're going to talk about adoption. I got to know Sarah by being the teacher to her son. I still, he's one of my favorite people in the whole world. He is amazing. Um, But Sarah and her husband have adopted twice. And I just wanted to kind of visit with her about her journey adopting because they've they've gone through private and public adoption, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. And then also both adoptions are open. Correct. Yes. Okay. So that's like a huge, huge thing that people always wonder about. Like, yeah. It freaks people out. It really yeah, does. It does. It really does. It does. It freaked me out when I met you. I was like, <laughs> oh, do you want to do that? You know? But you do it so well. I'm just in awe of you guys. So um, anyway, I will let you tell your story, how you decided on adoption, and go from there. Okay. Um, so when I was 15, I found out I was diagnosed with Turner Syndrome. Um, Turner syndrome? Turner syndrome. Okay. Yeah. It's a genetic partial partial deletion of an X chromosome. So it, there's different variations of it. Mine was very mild, but one of the one of the things is that you, reproductive things just don't work. Oh. So um, I knew then they told me that either it would be very difficult for me to have children if it was even going to be possible. So that was just something that, and I never worried about it. I knew that the Lord wanted me to be a mother. He wouldn't have made me with a heart for children like he did if, if I wasn't supposed to be a mother. So it just never really bothered me. I was perfectly fine loving kids that I didn't, that I didn't make. Um, so anytime if, you know, there were a few guys that I dated that it would get serious and i felt like that was very much something that I needed to share with them that's right, only right. fair yes so if it got serious I was like listen this is something that could happen like you need to be okay with this you know and so when Jordan and I were dating I told him I was like just um just so you know <laughs> like this might be our only option and if you're not okay with that then you know and he was he was fine with that so um a little while after we got married we went and had some had some testing done and um, it turned out that I was pretty high risk for aortic dissection mm. if I were to get pregnant, just because the hormones dilate everything, and if there was a weak really, spot somewhere. for your heart? Uh, for aortic, yeah, basically. Wow. So, yeah, I saw a cardiologist, and he was like, you know, if you want to do this, I'm going to have you come in, like, I don't even remember, it was something ridiculous, like, every two weeks or a month for an echo, and... You know, it would have been, and I, he's like, you would be super high risk. I would not let you deliver vaginally. You'd have to have a C-section and all this stuff. And then when they found, when Jordan found out that it was very high risk like that, he was like, no. So he's like, we'll adopt and it will be fine. And so that's, And he's never wavered on that. Never, yet. no. Because I'm here to tell you, I watch you guys and I think the level to which you have bonded with your kids oh yeah it's ridiculous it's beautiful (laughs) is what it is it's amazing but i also don't know that i've actually ever seen a couple where both people bonded Uh that well with the adopted kids yep yep they are i mean he they adore him and he's (laughs) (laughs) so yeah a few We'd been married a few years, and um, we actually took our first foster placement. He was a baby in our NICU. I took home. Oh. And that was, was a that, year. Was that through DHS? Yes. Okay. Yes. So it was a foster placement, and they ended up finding some family for him, and I have actually been able to watch him grow up on Facebook. His He went to a wonderful family. They, that's So amazing. that's been really nice that yeah. I get to, he just turned, like, seven, and he's so big and cute. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's really been, there's several of them that I've been able to kind of stay in touch with, and it's been really nice. Nice. Um, yeah, we had him a few months and then he left and then a year, it was a year later, they wouldn't take us at the agency until we'd been married for three years. Okay. So what agency? Crisis Pregnancy Outreach. Okay. So this is the private adoption. This is the private adoption. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so, um, our, the month of our third anniversary, we put our stuff in, you make a little book, you know. <laughs> so you make a book. We make a book. Uh-huh. Okay. So how, what's that like? Like, are you just like trying to totally sell yourself oh, above yeah. all other 100 percent yes <laughs> look how no pressure we are no pressure at all right <laughs> that's awful really yeah oh. it kind of is I mean you just you just talk, talk about yourselves your story and like what you like to do and 
you know, there's just, there's just random little things that the birth moms will kind of relate to and be like, oh, I like them because they like to go camping or, you know, and I actually made a scrapbook. I made it myself instead of doing like the shutterfly books and stuff. You know, a lot of people do those. I made a scrapbook and that was kind of one of the things that had Carrie pick us because she's into stuff like that. Oh, nice. So she loved that I had a lot of them. Somebody told me that. They're like, you might think about making a different book because they think yours is kind of old-fashioned. And I was like, because mine was the only scrapbook, you know. <laughs> yours was the creative yeah. memories or whatever. So I was like, I worked so hard on that. And that's what I love that Carrie appreciated that about my book because right. I did. I worked really hard on it. So, um, yeah, she, uh, and it was a year after that baby left that she, that he was born. So she picked us in April that year. Um, we met her, we got to go through the, you know, we got to go to the doctor's appointment, find out that he was a boy together. Um, that was fun. And you had shared, like you were in a moment of real desperation right before you got the call that she chose you. Like you were giving, you know, you were just maybe not giving up, but you were just like, oh my gosh, is this ever going to happen? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's it's hard mm. yeah because I mean you're you're at someone else's mercy you have no control mm. there's no control whatsoever so we weren't I mean I knew it would happen eventually but yeah and, I mean and we how were, long did was your you know your scrapbook there six months about okay. six months before okay. she picked us and then it was like four months later so it was just before we waited like 10 months I think mm-hmm. before he was born which for a lot of a lot of people that's pretty quick mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. um so yeah, then he. So you was, got to go to all the appointments. We did, uh-huh. and she knew from the very beginning that she it was it was her in her and his best interest to put him up for adoption. Correct. She wanted him to have a mom and a dad, and she she struggled with some things. Okay. Um, she struggled with some addiction, a little bit of mental illness and stuff, and she just you know she's like I'm just not in a place. She was in a fantastic place when she got pregnant. She was in Good. a great place. She'd gotten clean. She was doing very well for herself. And she's like, I don't think I need to add this stress. I need to worry about myself. And, sure. and I want what's best for him. You know, sure. I want him to have a mom and a dad and a stable relationship, like a stable life. You know? What a mature decision to make. Yes, very. Those girls are, those girls that pick it, they, that is, you know, that's what they want. They right. want the best for their children. Wow. So, um, but this agency, they do all open adoptions. Okay. Um, it's it's kind of contingent on, you know, the birth mom. If she wants an open adoption, then that's what we'll do. If she wants a closed adoption, then that's what, then they will do that, too. It's okay. just on her it's request, kind of on basically. Her. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, and, of course, safety things. You know, some of them, there's... Right. There's, there, there can be Some issues. of them, there would be yeah. red flags that would lead the agency to say, oh, this one is better off as right. a closed adoption. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, for the most part, as long as it's in everyone's best interest, they want to open adoptions. These kids need to know where they came from. Yeah. Um, they do better when they know where they came from. Okay. Um, they don't ever have to grow up wondering, why do I have blue eyes? You know? Yeah. Who, who do I look like? So, you had, a, when I was his teacher, you had a post on Facebook that was, he was standing there in front of a picture of you, his birth mom, and him. Uh-huh. And he told his little friend, this is my birth mom. My, oh, my mom's tummy is broken. So uh-huh. my birth, whatever, how did you, how was well, that? Did I you mean, you that? just kind of age appropriately explain it to him. You know, he's yeah. always known. He's always known. And people, like, when they find that out, they're like, oh, does he know? Yeah, like, yes, of course he knows. And he's he's always known. And you just yeah. kind of age appropriately explain to them, like, mom's you tummy. Have to, you have to know him to be able to just know, <laughs> like, my mom's tummy is broken. So she had to get me from Carrie. Yeah. <laughs> So, I, oh God, love him. That is so him. It's very know? accurate. Yeah. So we've just kind of always told him, you know, mama's tummy is broken. So God put you in Miss Carrie's tummy and had her find us for you. That's amazing. So, which I mean, that's exactly what happened. And that so. child <laughs> had the biggest head. He still has the biggest head. <laughs> I he weighed ne- 10 pounds and she is tiny. She's really little. I have never seen infant pictures like... He was the, enormous. Oh my word. Yeah. And you are tiny. You know, so <laughs> just thinking of you having to carry that little chunk around. Yep. Oh my goodness. He was strapped to my body constantly. For, I worried about, you know, the bonding and attachment with your adopted kid. That was the dumbest thing I ever worried about. Because <laughs> dumbest but, thing I ever worried but about. But I was going to bring that up as one of my questions. Um, I have seen you and I have seen pictures of you. I've seen pictures of you from before and even even foster children that you had. Uh-huh. Uh, but I've seen you in real life person with this little girl that you've got. 
you wrap those kids to your body. Oh yeah, and and you call them a barnacle. Uh-huh. I mean, they really well, literally they, are. Even when they're not wrapped, they become they're st- they stay barnacles. <laughs> <laughs> they're still. I wonder the if the, the the fact that you're bonded to them so much is because of so much. Like skin to skin. There is a good chance of that. Yeah. Yeah. Because could... our adoption agency actually is a big advocate for baby wearing. Because like, it is so great for bonding and attachment. Okay. So, yeah. Yeah. So, because, you know, all of the memories that you post on Facebook or whatever. I have a kid strapped to me. Yeah. And and um, at one point you had a placement of a multiple situation. And yeah. you had the multiples strapped to you. Yes, and I was I like, that. you are the woman. Well, and I had to because, like, I had, you know, I had three at that time. And I had to have <laughs> oh, hands to oh, take care of them. Isn't that transition to three kids, like, It was different. Insane. Yeah. I mean, we thought we were doing okay with two, mm-hmm. you know. And even me, going somewhere by myself, just having two, mm-hmm. no problem. But that third one came along. She never cried. She was the best baby in the whole entire world. And still, I thought I was losing my mind. Uh-huh. And, like, she, I was the woman who, you know, I don't know if God gave me superhuman abilities, but, you know, I would be standing in Walmart and have to just reach over and snatch my child by the ankle uh-huh. as she's tumbling out of the cart <laughs> because I couldn't keep track of all three of them, you know? Very outnumbered. I, yeah. yeah. Thank God I never had to go to the emergency room for anyone or uh-huh. anything until they were, like, eight or nine, you know? Uh-huh. Like, I felt overrun, you know? Mm-hmm. And then my fourth one came along. She cried every moment of the first four months <laughs> of her life, and I never knew she was there. Like, I was already, I had already leaked reach the level of insanity in parenting for children when you hit that third child. Yeah, like the fourth one, whatever, whatever. Yeah, I don't know how you did that. Yeah, <laughs> and they were so <laughs> close together. Yikes. Um, anyway, uh, so the baby wearing, you did that so much. And, I, and it's something I so respect because, you know, I watch and I, and I just know that there are things that are not instinctively there for a lot of women today that I think I don't know if it was just specific to my family when I was growing up because my dad was nuts about infants like Uh absolutely nuts and he just had this thing like he would always talk to them look into them in their eyes and if they were crying he would like commiserate he'd be like you poor thing I'll be mad at him with you let's just be (laughs) mad together you know and he would bounce them and he would you know and, th- and then there were times when he could just hold a baby and he would talk to them in that, like, you poor mm-hmm. thing. And then they were happy. And then the- he would talk to them like that and they would pucker up and cry, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, what are you doing? You know? But um, so I-, I love the baby wrap thing. And I really do wonder if that's not a huge success for you as far as bonding with both of your kids. Because they're both. I mean, you would... I say you would never know, except for you did adopt multiculturally uh-huh. with your youngest. So only that reason would anybody know that yeah. you were adopting these kids. Okay, so I'll go on with your oldest. Um, he was born, and mom. So how does an open adoption look? Um, it's very. It's every situation is different. Okay. It just you just never know. Um, I mean she. We had her out to our house. Sometimes people have to set boundaries and like, you know, meet somewhere else. It's just very, it can be very different. Mm-hmm. It just depends on the situation. And she's never given you cause to think that there would be a reason to no. set those boundaries. No, absolutely not. No. And I, she has a daughter that's in college now. Okay. My, so he has a big sister. And so we go, you know, we see them and her mom, like they're wonderful. We get to get together um, at Christmas with them, try to at least every year. Uh-huh. Um and see them whenever we can. And it's, it's always, they've always worried about bothering me. And, you know, so it's almost always me like, Hey, let's, you know, right. cause they don't want to, they, they feel like they're bothering me. Like you don't ever have to feel like that. And that's what I had somebody, he was a baby and I don't even remember who it was. Someone asked me, so is she leaving you alone? And it made me like, I had it to check myself before I answered the question because uh. I was like, it, it, it did. It made me mad. I was like, it's a, it's a love that you can't explain. And that, Unless you've lived it, you don't understand it. And it is. It's very hard for people to understand. But mm-hmm. she made me a mother. Mm-hmm. You know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have, you know, it's, she made me a mother. Mm-hmm. And I, that is a gift that there is no way that I could ever possibly repay. Right. You know. Right. So, um, and it's a love that you just, 
unless you've experienced it, you you can't understand it. Mm-hmm. So talk about the private adoption agency versus a DHS situation. What are the financial differences? Oh, um, at DHS, they pay you to adopt the right. kids. You know, <laughs> they, if they, I mean, to foster, and then if it, you know, you don't, it doesn't cost you anything to adopt through DHS, and then through the agency. Um, crisis pregnancy outreach they're such a wonderful organization so they're very much they find families for babies Mm -hmm. they don't find babies for families that's kind of their motto Mm. like they they want to it's a ministry to these girls okay that come in there and they they take care of them they want to help them they want to help them find a job they if they need a place to stay they will find it if there's a all of the um agency fees that we pay go to support these girls um say they have other kids at home and they their electricity's been turned off help them with their bills take groceries um just anything and everything you know just help them to support them and they get free therapy for their lives oh for their whole life yes wow i mean there are some that partake in that and then there are some you know of course that don't but um nice it's it's a real it's a wonderful ministry i wish that therapy would not be so taboo Mm -hmm. you know yeah um i mean yes there are some therapists out there that are just wacko but you know that's in every um that is in every what i'm trying to say career you will find the extremes of people but there's so many more that are just so good Mm -hmm. you know like I know people have heard this story or that story, but that's like literally one therapist out of bazillions, right. you know, look for another therapist. Um, so, okay. Um, and then, so your little nugget, uh-huh. talk about your journey with her. So she, we've had a bunch of placements in between there. Okay. So um, go through them. You, yeah. You want me? Okay. Yeah. Um, so I don't know what I was thinking, (laughs) but when he was about 12 weeks old and he was a terrible baby, he cried all the time. He cried all the time. If I wasn't holding him, he was crying. He couldn't just be awake and happy. (laughs) So when he was about 12 weeks old, there was these two little Asian girls that needed placement. And it was, it was very strange how it was through my church that I found out about them. But then come to find out it was somebody crisis pregnancy outreach that knew them and was trying to help find placement. She'd done respite for them it was it was very weird how it all worked out such a small world and it basically if they didn't find placement for them like tomorrow they were going to go to the shelter mm. and so I was like jeez. Oh, so and he was 12 weeks old I, yes I, know, I would it was a terrible idea it was a terrible idea um so I somehow I still don't know how I talked my husband into saying yes to this placement so um were they were they Siblings. Uh-huh. Was one older and younger? Uh, they were four and five. Okay. okay. And came from a lot of trauma, food okay. issues. Like they had, I mean, it was really terrible. They'd been in some great foster homes and were doing a lot better, but still had a lot of, they were Behaviors. going to therapy yeah. every week. Yeah. It was a hot mess. Um, so we ended up taking them so that they wouldn't go to the shelter. And then there was a couple that was lived in Edmond that wanted to adopt them. And it worked because she was Asian. And so she, you oh, know, these nice. little girls looked like them and they were wonderful. They didn't have any other children. Oh. So basically we kept them while they were getting all of their stuff sure. together to, to get, to take oh, them. Oh, that, that's um, nice. So I stayed, I wasn't, t- and I, I've stayed in touch with them too. They're big now. Like they're so, they're beautiful. Uh, my um, first placement, um, we thought we were going to go down the road of adoption. Uh-huh. And then one day, me and him driving to therapy, he looked at me and he said, I mean, don't you think I should have a black mom? Yeah, I remember you saying that. And I was like, <laughs> And then I said, yeah, buddy, if it would bother you to have a white mm-hmm. mom, then what we're going to do is you're just going to stay with me until we find a black mom who's ready to be your mama. And he was like, okay, you know, and then of course, you know, by the time we went out for lunch over, you know, Mexican he changed food, his mind. Yeah. he's like, no, I just think my mom needs to put me first and not put her first. And I think you're good at that. So you can adopt me. And I was like, gee, <laughs> thanks, kid, <laughs> you know? And, um, so, you know, and, and it ended up not working out, but, um, so, you know, the fact that 
it was an Asian woman who I know. adopted these it was Asian so kids. Funny what how it it extra was... blessing. I don't think it's necessary to adopt no. culturally the same. Absolutely not. No, but it's it's just funny how that worked out. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were. It was that was one of the most chaotic times of my life. But there was so much joy that came from it too. They, yeah, they were a lot of fun in a lot of ways. <laughs> Uh, but um, when they moved on and you had this 12-week-old, you know, or however uh-huh. old it was at the time, you were a little, okay, this is a good thing. Yes, it was a little overwhelming. Yeah. It's like, that would definitely be too much. I was okay. like, that, that was... <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. So, so they left and then... We had them for a few months and then they left. Yeah. And then I think when Asha was uh, about a year and a half old, we decided to open and, and take placements again. And through DHS. Through DHS, mm-hmm. yeah. Um. Because we at that point, we were like, okay, maybe we want another one. I think we put our stuff in at the agency again then, too, around about that time. And then we also okay. opened Did um, you do another Foster. scrapbook? I did. I added to new pages to my nice. scrapbook. Yeah. You stuck with it. Uh-huh. I did. <coughs> I did. I was committed. <coughs> I'd already worked so hard on it, I wasn't going to start over. That's fun. Um, so we opened our home to do foster again. And that's the only, like, normal placement we've ever had where we like, okay, <laughs> we'll take a place. The rest of them I've just found myself. Um, so we got a little girl. We had her for several months. Um, it was a baby. They were, like, right at about a year apart. Um, it was going to be, we ended up buying a foreclosure in this time, and we're going to be doing a bunch of work on the house. And they... Um, it was going to drag out forever. Okay. And then it was like they had family out of state that was wanting to adopt her when that time finally came. Okay. Which was, I mean, and, but they wouldn't move her out of state until, you know, rights were terminated on the parents. And it was going to drag on forever. And we're like, you know, we really want, uh, we love her. We offered to hire an attorney to try to go ahead and adopt her. But the family, the other family was like, we want her if they fail, mm-hmm. you know. So, um... It was just, we just really felt like God was closing that door. Right. And so uh, we had her for several months, and but she went to some wonderful people. And actually, the people who adopted her have, have reached out to me. And, oh. Um, fr- yeah. Nice. I, I knew the foster family that she went to, but then she was adopted from there. By and the family? By a different family, her. yeah. No, they ended oh. up getting divorced. That no. turned into a hot mess. Yeah, she didn't even go. And that's what I was... Like, you were a little frustrated. I was a little frustrated it. with yeah. that. But, you know, God works those things out. These right. kids end up where they're supposed to be. And we ended up with the kids that we were supposed to have. So right. it's okay. But, yeah. Um, so I've actually been able to watch her grow up, too, which has been Fun. really neat. Um, I'm so see, one of the, this is one of the reasons I'm very thankful for Facebook. Oh yeah. Like, you and know. I'm still in touch with all of my places, uh-huh. you know? So, um, yeah, I'm very thankful for that. Yeah. It's been neat. So when she left, Asher was kind of too little to understand what was going on. Okay. And we had some issues. He, um, he started like waking up in the night crying and wouldn't let us go to bed. And I, looking back, I think he just like, he's like, she was there one day and then she wasn't. And he's like, is that going to be me next? Is it going to be my mom next? If I go to bed and leave, you know? And we, I made people sure are that disappearing. He was, apparently, we people circle just the wagon. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So we were like, you know, we ended up closing then because it's like we can't do this until he's old enough to understand to process it. What's going on? Sure. Yeah, because if they don't say, he needs to be able to. I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but he needs to be able to understand that. So then, I think he was about three, three and a half. We, um, I found at my hospital a set of twins little biracial twins they were so sweet oh my gosh I wanted to keep those babies um and these are the ones I see pictures of you on uh, Facebook. probably yeah yeah Wrapped that was before together. I knew yeah. yes I, I would strap them both to me um those babies were so cute because I worried about were they two girls two boys two boys two boys two little okay. boys uh-huh because <clears throat> I'd worried about like I was perfectly fine different you know cultures mm-hmm. races whatever whatever I don't care but I worried about because we only wanted to do this one more time. <laughs> like, we're this is exhausting having two, two home studies every year and social oh. workers and all the things. We're it's like, ridiculous. When we get done with, the, we're going to do this a second time and then we're going to be done. Um, so, I worried about if we got a brown one that didn't look like us. Like, are we going to have to do it again? Because they need one that looks like them too. They're not going to be the only one that doesn't look like, because Asher looks just like us. Right. He looks just like my husband. Right. Which is right. crazy. And you do wonder, because, you know, after my first placement said that to me that day, uh-huh. I was like, you, <clears throat> I went into foster care thinking love can fix everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's cute. That's cute that you <laughs> thought that. Isn't that cute? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I was hit right square between the eyes really quickly. Um, but I did, you know, I did wonder, like, what will it do to them uh-huh. internally down the road? Right. Now, I have seen many, many, many successful adoptions, whether it be a black friend having adopted a white mm-hmm. child. I have another black friend that had adopted a Hispanic child. And, but like, perfect placements. Uh-huh. You know, they're, they're so bonded. They're, and you know... They, they have the normal, right? Well, the one right now is going through the normal teenage rebellion kind of stuff, uh-huh. but it's nothing over the top of what it would be biologically, you know? Uh-huh. And so I don't really feel like culture or, or Played races. a lot into that. Yeah, yeah, or races are a huge, huge factor for every child, enough to make any kind of policies that it should only be, you know, same same race I don't think that's necessary because I've seen too many victories Mm -hmm. but you know there are the one like my little guy you know who but see my kids were 11 my they were older yeah yeah, both of my placements were 11 year old boys and then I had a placement of a four-year-old or a two-year-old girl with a four-day-old little sister umbilical cord and everything oh my <laughs> and, Fresh. I was, yeah, and I was like 47 and I was like I cannot keep waking up in the middle of the night like this you know I'm too old for this yeah. yeah it was like one of those you question all your life choices uh-huh. at, at that moment you know <clears throat> but uh my, my husband was like nope this is this is your calling uh-huh. I'm gonna sleep through the night and I will change that diaper in the morning uh-huh. you know I mean he was very very helpful but he was not gonna be doing the middle of the night thing <laughs> um so um but anyways so with the two twins uh-huh. the culture issue yeah so it's like they, they'll have each other right Exactly. And that'll be perfect. Oh, and yeah. we only have to do this one more time. So it's like, yes, <laughs> let's I'll take, get done with they it. Were, so they were the sweetest babies. They ended up finding some family. <coughs> and as much as I wanted to hate them, they were actually pretty nice. So I was like, okay. Mm. Um, but it's still, it broke my so heart. So they left you to go to family. They did. They okay. found, the, it was like, yeah. It was like, they're Because I knew it. that one, your hopes were pretty high. It, they were. They were. That <coughs> one really broke my heart. I love... I, yeah, the night before, I, like, completely broke down. I was like, I'm going to miss you so much. And I just started bawling. And my husband was like, are you are you okay? I was like, no, I'm not okay. So, but, I This mean, will come out in therapy for them someday. Right, right. It is what Some it white is. lady holds the squeeze. I'm going to miss you. And I did. And, the, you know, they're the only ones that I haven't been able to keep up with. And I hate that. Oh. Because I didn't really sad. know those people. And okay. It was, they, they were nice. They were nice as much as I didn't. You know, I wanted to not like you them. You wanted to not like I them. I did. I did. But they were nice. So um, we had them for a few months, too. And then um, our home wasn't com- exactly, I think our home study may have been expired for that. And so they kind of had to open us up off the books and, uh, you know, the, the emergency way yeah, to yeah. take them. Um, but then we decided. So and then that was in like February that year. February, March. I think they left in March. And then, so in April that year, and this was 19, 2019? Mm-hmm. Um, because I met you in August Yeah, 19. yeah. We had just gotten her when we met you. So our home study for the adoption agency was expiring. And we had been open for a couple, two, three, couple of years and had a couple of things fall through, and we were just kind of over it. Mm-hmm. Um, we were getting to the point where he, he was almost four then I guess and like we need to just think about like if this is just good if it's just going to be the three of us we need to be okay with that right so we were kind of at that point um and that was a hard decision to make to to close our home for um for that because uh, it's just a, it's very final it was a door shutting um but we we did we made that decision and um we were okay with it we both had a piece about it but i told my husband i was like i really really want to foster for a year and just see what happens give that one year and if if it's just us at the end of the year when that home study expires then that's fine i've got a piece about it you've got a piece about it we'll just go with that um but i want to give it a year to see what happens so we um it was april that year and our my sister-in-law my husband's little sister was living with us and she had been out of state 
she'd lived in Kansas, she'd lived in Michigan, gone to school in Michigan for a little while, and so they had to get background checks from her for a couple of different places, and it was taking a while. Okay. Um, so that was holding things up. And then once they did finally get her stuff, it was like, oh, um, our fax machine's down, our copy machine's down. It was all this it can stupid thing. so frustrating. Yes. And so it was like, all this time I'm thinking, oh my gosh, we could be taking a placement. So it was finally the beginning of June, I think, before we were officially open and they, you know, had us in for some little kids. Well, then I get a phone call from my sweet, precious friend at work who has um, adopted a special needs boy from our hospital. He's got a trach and was a mess, like a heart. He's He, he was really sick and uh, she, and she what took do you him. And what do you do for your work? I don't think we've done Oh, um, I'm a nurse at the Children's Hospital. Okay. Yeah, I think we've, we didn't even like say that. Yeah. No. I, I work at so the Children's Hospital. So you have a special so, set of Yes, <laughs> I do, I do, that is true, I do. Um, so that, yeah, that's where I found several of them. But um, anyway, she had this little boy and she'd adopted him and She's, he's, he's a full-time dog, but she does it very well. And so they called her about, (laughs) they called her about this little girl that was at St. John's and, uh, she was, she'd been an early preemie, 27 week preemie, has terrible lungs, has a feeding tube, um, all the things. And she said, no, this inn is full, but I know somebody. (laughs) So she gave them my phone number. And I um, got a hold of them. They got a hold of me, and I somehow, again, somehow talked my husband into saying yes to this. I don't know how. (laughs) Because she was intimidating to look at. She was, to me, it was just kind of what I do. And your husband doesn't have a special set of skills. (laughs) No, no. He's an engineer. That is not his thing at all. But he's very good at following directions. So (laughs) he can do what I tell him to do. Um, So I... We end up bringing her home, and yeah, she's she's she was a hot mess. <laughs> How funny! They, well, let's take a break real quick, and um, we will come back and tell her story in just a second because she has a whole lot of stuff mm-hmm. that we can go into um, about adopting a special needs. It was an open adoption. You have communication with right. her family yes. as well. Yes. So we're gonna take a quick break. And then we'll come back and finish off with this precious little um, self-proclaimed barnacle (laughs) at the second episode. For my listeners, thank you for hanging in there with us. And I will see you in an episode soon. Don't forget to listen to part two. This one, this little one is precious. Welcome to Life Bites, Bite Back. So today I'm visiting with Sarah Mumi. Still, this is our second episode. She has adopted, both adoptions are open adoptions. She has communication with both children's families. She has gone through a private agency for her oldest child and for her second child. Um, We're gonna start with her story right now. She has a special um, set of circumstances. She came to her with some medical needs and different things, um, different needs. And um, she was actually a placement through DHS. So we're gonna hear about the little one now for people interested in maybe um, ministering to a taking on and adopting kids with some special needs. So tell me about your daughter. So she, are, that her adoption's actually not final yet. Okay. She's still Soon a foster though, right? Yes, they've finally um, terminated rights on the father. Um, and hopefully we've been pushed over to the adoption side. Okay. And mom so, had signed over. Yes. A yes. while back. A while, mom a has long time some ago. health needs that make it impossible right. to raise a baby. Right. And um, not just that, but they there's a language. They are Marshallese. Marshallese. Okay. Yeah. And there's not a translator around here for that. So that was oh. a lot of the... What? They had to go... You have to go to Arkansas. Yeah. It's really? not... Yes. Yeah. It's not a very common language around here. Um, uh, so what country is it? Uh, the Marshall Islands. Okay. It's a tiny little ring of islands in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. It's Polynesian. Okay. Basically. Okay. okay. So 
Yeah. Interesting. So there was a, so basically what her deal was, um, she was born, her, her mother had some medical issues and so she was born very early. Um, and she was in the NICU for four months and ended up leaving with a feeding tube, um, and terrible lungs. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, the family, they're actually really wonderful. Um, they love her so much, but they just did not know how to take care of her. Medically. Medically. Yeah. Right. So she was home with them for eight months. And in that time she was back in the hospital 10 times. I, I mean, she admitted like very, very sick mm. to the ICU. Just um, 10 They times. would get her well. She would go home. However yeah. long it took her to get sick again, she would right. be back. Right. Um, and they, you know, I know there was, I just don't know how much from the specialists. And I, a lot of it's cultural. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I, they miss a lot of doctor's appointments. They just wouldn't, you know, and I don't know if they didn't understand. Um, and then when they would go, I don't know how much they got from it because of sure, the language barrier. Sure, yeah. Um, so Can you imagine just, how scary that would yeah, be to be I in know. a country where you don't speak the language and there really isn't a translator to right. be found? Right, wow. right, right. <clears throat> and that was an issue in court, too, that mm. um, we couldn't, you know, several times we couldn't find a translator. So they would bring family member that spoke, you know, there were Both. some of them that spoke really good English. Okay. And so they would bring them. Um, but yeah, they uh, couldn't find any family. She was very intimidating to all of them, I think, with all of her problems. So they didn't really find any family that was willing to take that on. Uh, so she went into traditional foster care, and we ended up with her. Um, and so me being a nurse, that's that's my gig. You yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I kicked right into nurse mode, and we were got started figuring her out. Um, <laughs> when I met you, of course, I've never had experience. We'd had her ch- for two months, I think. Two or three months whenever, yeah. <laughs> I have never had experience with a child with a feeding tube or, you know, any medical uh-huh. special needs like that. And you're standing there talking to me about your son, uh-huh. and we're talking about preschool things, and this baby would just start retching. retching. Oh, she didn't tolerate and, her feeds at all. She would retch and retch and retch. It was terrible. And you were, you I was like, you I'm so even, sorry. I'm so sorry. Like, you didn't even break in your conversation. You're like, she'll be fine. She's fine. Okay, yeah. Back to us. You know what I'm like? Wait. <laughs> this child, <laughs> she is so like she's coming apart. Okay. <laughs> she did. She didn't tolerate her feeds at all. She would, it was terrible. It was terrible. She was a mess. And I think that was part of her lung issues, too. Anyway. <laughs> So, yeah, we were, I mean, and you showed so much grace for me in that period of time because it was so often that, I mean, I was taking her to three or four a week doctor's appointments oh, when we yeah. were trying to figure out what was going on with her. We didn't know if we needed to work her heart up or if her lungs need to be treated more aggressively, but then the pulmonologist was worried about that. He's like, I don't want to start treating that more aggressively because it could be a heart thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to GI doctors and all the things. Um, and we would have appointments in Tulsa and I'd be like, Hey, I have a, a one, you know, and I might be a little late and she would all, you know, you were always like, okay, that's fine. Don't worry about it. And so I kept your little guy. So he would stay and help, help you. (laughs) Yeah. The air quotes there, help, help you clean and all. He was such a help. Yeah. Yeah. So that was, that was. So I still have to, I still have to go back the day. So I, I legitimately had a phobia of snakes. Like, (laughs) yes. And I go into it in detail in this book I'm writing. And I do the, too. I'm terrified. The terrified. day that I held a snake, the first time in my whole life ever, like, you know, um, the dad tried to hand me the snake and I literally ran away. I, I, <laughs> I, I, ran, flight, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I ran across the classroom like four or five big steps, you know. Your little guy gets out of his chair and runs to me and oh, wraps his legs his around heart. my thigh. And he was like, it's okay, Miss Westover. You can do it. His like, heart. I, I love was like, so holy much. crap, now I have to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I have my little guy who loves me so much telling me, you can do this, Miss Westover. He did love you yeah. so much. You can do this. It's okay. Yeah, it was so sweet. Anyway, so go ahead. So, okay, yeah, that summer that summer and that fall were really busy. And So, um, so what were her specific physical um, for the listeners who don't have any kind of a base of her story, what were her physical um, challenges? Um, so she she had terrible lungs because of being a preemie. So we were on, and she had a list of medications as long as our arm. We couldn't ever, um, you know, figure out why she was kind of Lasix dependent. We still don't really ever know why that was a thing. Okay, <laughs> we we fixed it. It's fine now. But um, she was just a mystery. She. Uh, had oral aversion. 
that mean? And that's why she has the feeding tube. So babies that are in the NICU and they have all kinds of things shoved in their face and down their throat, um, they don't want anything in their mouth. Okay. So they don't eat. Okay, so it wasn't that she, I kind of assumed she was just incapable of swallowing at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's really more of just an aversion. Right. It was okay. an aversion for her um, at that point. Okay. But then we did have to do swallow studies to make sure it was safe for her to start eating by mouth. And then it turned out that she had a formula intolerance. When I switched her to goat's milk, like eight months later, she was a different kid. Ah. And she told, and then she, you know, when your stomach doesn't hurt all the time, well, okay, sure. I'll take a bite of that. You know, so then we kind of started with the with the eating by mouth and see I didn't know that you could have a feeding tube and eat by mouth mm-hmm. at the same time so I'm like learning all these things just by <laughs> knowing you guys you know <laughs> yeah you you hand her a cheerio or whatever it was I saw and I was just like you can you know, do that right <laughs> I was like big eyes like well okay Sarah knows what she's doing that's how old. <laughs> hey hey eat baby eat you know yeah so that was that was overwhelming a little because with all the doctor's appointments and then with visits with the family you mm-hmm. know and court dates and all the things um so she we'd had her for a couple months I think it was right before school started that year it was in August because I was going to send her to joy too <laughs> Uh, she got real sick, and we were in the hospital, and I saw just exactly how fragile her immune system was. So I was like, well, we won't do that. And then with fall and winter coming, I was like, I don't want to take her to the public places and get her sick. So yep. let's just have the family come here for visits. And my husband said, you do what? <laughs> <laughs> he was not okay with that. At first, he was not okay with that. I was like, babe, it's fine. I've, I've met them. They're it's not a scary thing but it'll be it'll be okay and mm-hmm. I don't want to take her anywhere where she can start you know where she can get sick um because I mean the flu or RSV sure. or something she, she could die right <laughs> so um so I started having the grandma it was the grandma was the main caregiver okay um because mom was had all the health issues okay. so it was Macy and that was a lot that was part of it too was grandma I think was overwhelmed uh trying mom. to take care of mom and sick baby Right. Uh, and then with the language barrier and all that point, and it was just, mm-hmm. it wasn't going well. So we started having her come out to the house because at first it was, you know, I told them, I was like, I would adopt her. And they, it was like, no, that's against our cultural, religious beliefs. Like we, you know, we want her back. We, basically they kind of wanted me to fix her and then, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, so, I mean, you know, it is what it is. So, um. We started having grandma come out to the house for visits and it was funny one day we, she was in the living room just kind of playing with her and I was just doing laundry and going around and she saw our pictures because we have pictures with Carrie, mm-hmm. Asher's birth mom, um, you know, his newborn pictures, she was in those and, and her daughter Micah was too. It was just really fun, neat little thing that we did mm-hmm. um, and she's looking at our pictures and she said, oh, was that him? He was so big when he was born, like when he was a tiny baby. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yes, and she's was. like, I was like, yes, he was huge. And his birth mom is, I was like, he was almost 10 pounds. And she's really little. It's like, that's his birth mom right there. And she's like, that's his mom? You know, I was like, yeah. I was like, that's that's her. We see her. She see, you know, we see her and she's around. Um, So I think that kind of got the wheels turning for her. That... Um, that you were open to relationship, right? Open to communication. And, you know, they'd been to my home. Like, they knew right. where I lived. I couldn't hide from them. Right. So, um... And then it was, that was probably in September. And then we get around to right, like the week of Thanksgiving and we were at therapy because grandma was supposed to come to the therapy appointments. She was in PT and OT. Mm -hmm. So we're there and we'd just gotten our family pictures done and I, of course, included her in them. Mm -hmm. She was in it. Um, And uh, I was showing them to her. I was like, look, and then I was telling her what I was going to get her for Christmas, you know, and stuff. And she's like looking at her pictures and everything. and, And she's like... It was just so sweet because she's like, you know, I've been thinking and you've just done so much for her. It's like, do you want her? And I was like, I was completely caught off guard. Um, I was like, do you, you want us to adopt her? And she's like, yeah, you want her? I was like, Cause in her, you know, she's in her language, a, in, yeah. her, <laughs> in her broken English, in her broken English. Yeah. I was like, well, of course, like, you know, I love her so much. And she's like, I know, I know that. And she's like, and she loves you and she loves your son and you know, she loves your family and you guys love her. And, um, and I said, and you know, you would, I mean, you can see her whenever you want. She's like, I know, I trust you that you would do nice. that, you know? So, um, and you know, it was just, I'd never, this was the one that I felt like was mine more than any of the others. 
Really? I don't know. And I would just rock her at night and I would just pray, Lord, just change their hearts. Just change their hearts, Father, please. Um, Because I just, I, and I, I really felt like she was going to stay, but I didn't want to be the one to take her away from them. Uh To be that bad guy. Because I did have a lot of, like, I really liked them. They were wonderful and they loved her. Right. Um, And I I enjoyed them. I liked them and I wanted them to stay around. And And her quote unquote neglect was not an intentional, like, yes. it, way more of being overwhelmed with mom's overwhelmed medical and... needs and in a different country, huge language barrier, mm-hmm. you know, right. finances, just so, all the things. All the things. And at first, they probably weren't wanting to allow adoption because to them, that felt like, well, that's it. They disappear. I right. never see them and again. And I never see her again. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. But she saw that I can take care of her, keep her healthy, get her better right and she still can be, be grandma. part of her life be grandma. Yeah. yeah and so yeah she would bring she's brought you know mom's come out to our house with her before too and then she's even had an aunt come they've come to her birthday parties we've okay um it's it's been really nice nice um so so talk about her um physical where she's at now Oh, she's a mess. Uh, she, yeah. I mean, a, a totally different kind of mess. Yeah, you would never know that she actually has no. a feeding tube. No, you wouldn't. Um, she and she's so, you know, she picks on her brother. She's mean to him. Yeah, yeah. sometimes <laughs> he'll come crying to me. Mom says he's being mean to me. Yeah, and so she's walking. Yep. Um, talking all the things she and she, all of her deficits at the time were things that. She would grow out of. I mean, when she when she was twelve months old, However, when we got her. Now she was born super early. Yes. Will there, you know, have you been able to establish whether there will be any learning deficiencies? Or I don't anything? think there will. You don't I really think, okay. don't think. I think we would kind of know by now. She's behind, of course. Sure. Because I mean, the first year of her life didn't count for anything. Right. She, when she was twelve months old, when we got her, she couldn't roll over. She couldn't sit up. Um, Probably the first two years of her life, because that second year was really just catch, getting her getting well. well. Yeah. 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 So. So, um, yeah, she, and we've been, we've kind of been released from like all of the therapies. I talked to the pediatrician. I was like, I'm really not worried about this. And and I, and you live such a different lifestyle than a lot of people. Like your pediatrician wouldn't know that, but like you have all of the toys in your house are like educational in some way or another. Like you have the best. That's right. Cause you've been there and yeah, you have the best setup of toys and I'll never, your son, when I was his (laughs) teacher and like. Everybody was going around, what do you want for Christmas? And he wanted Lincoln Logs. Uh-huh. Now that you This know, year he wants a rock tumbler. Okay. Do you yeah. know how, like... He's such a little nerd. Would, do you know how wildly different that is yeah, from I the know. totally electronic-based parents? Uh-huh. For a child to Our want Lincoln do not have Logs. At all. It can't make a noise. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't happen on a screen. It's like so different and then I see and you know I watch you on Facebook and she's getting all of the sensory everything mm-hmm. every day like she's petting a horse she's playing in the grass she's you know gathering eggs mm-hmm. she's you know sitting on the outdoor patio furniture with your little Yorkie in her lap you know uh-huh. like I never see her holding a screen because she's never held one <laughs> see and I never see her like all of the things that you do are growing her little mind. I have no, I have no doubts whatsoever that she will not be able to function. Yeah, know? and a lot of times those kids, by the time they're about five, they've pretty much caught up. <clears throat> really? But she's, I mean, she's going to be a little more behind. And, and that's what the speech therapist, um, in the spring, we were, they'd sent us back because we were trying to get her, for a while there, she was eating really well, but she wouldn't drink. Mm-hmm. So the GI doctor was like, okay, let's go do some occupational therapy maybe that can, they can have some tips and tricks turns out she's just a stubborn little toot and she's gonna do it when she wants to and she's not going to if she doesn't feel like it no and I told the therapist that when we walked in that first day I was like this is the deal and she's like oh okay and then after it's the second or third you're... session she's like okay you're right don't you love the looks that uh-huh. they give you and they're like oh you're that mom yeah yeah mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> no I know this kid more than you so do. and then she was like well have you had a speech eval done on her? Because she's saying words, but she's not really stringing them together. And I was like, no, but I mean, if you think so. Well, then I got to thinking about it, and I was like, we can't, for her, de- for her corrected age, 
I mean, we can't we can't count the first year of her life for anything because no. first of all, she's not she's going to be behind in her speech because she's in a multicultural home where they spoke spoke Marshallese. She wasn't even around English except when she was in the hospital. And who's going to sit there? Those nurses don't have time to sit there and talk to her all right. day, you know. So yeah, I mean, she's going to be behind, but she's catching up. We ended up getting tubes in her ears in June, and that really exploded. Really, her so that her helped. speech, yeah, it helped huh. a lot. So I mean, she's stringing. She's very smart. She's very smart. She's. I, I don't think just she's just gonna... what you need, huh? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's too funny. So. It's it's you know because her dynamics with your son are just amazing, and she she's smart about people for mm-hmm. sure. You know, like she knows when and how to push his buttons. Oh yeah, she's and very he good just at it. like comes unwound, you mm-hmm. know, and then she'll just sit and grin. Oh yeah, <laughs> she always is very proud of herself. She'll knock his tower blocks over and just be, you know, swipe all his Legos off of the yeah. table and. Yeah. So, and she was done through DHS, mm-hmm. and then you will have an adoption date at some point right. soon. Yeah. We were really hoping by the end of the year, but I think our, our social worker was saying she's sending a lot of her cases to adoption. So, I think it may get hung up there for a little bit. Oh. Um, yeah. But we've got a great attorney that will <laughs> push <laughs> that kind through. Of, yeah, I think so. Yeah, be persistent about that. Right. Um, so, tell the listeners, like... On a typical, because when we went through foster care training, you had to be certified for regular foster care, Uh therapeutic foster care, like difficulty of care, and then like medical special needs, like Uh somebody who might be deaf or blind or have the needs that your, your daughter had. Right. So talk a little bit about... Of course, you didn't have to have an in-home nurse or anything because you right. are a nurse. Right. But the typical foster care or adoptive parent who does agree to take on somebody with physical challenges, what might they face? Oh. A lot of doctor's appointments. A lot of doctor's appointments. Because when you're dealing with the state, uh-huh. it's not that they just do, um, it's not that they just do the required. It's they're, they're. They want you to take them to every single doctor appointment mm-hmm. available in the history of mankind. Right. And so it's, you know, it's kind of hard to be a working mom mm-hmm. if you take on a special needs, right? Yeah. I mean, it would be very difficult. Right. Um, but you do get paid an extra stipend of difficulty of care or whatever. Uh-huh. And then they would also send a nurse to your home. We could have had in-home nursing, but I didn't. Yeah. I, and we do, actually. I actually get paid to be her nurse. Oh, right now, nice. Which okay. is, it is very nice, which has allowed me to cut way back as much as I can on my hours at the hospital so that I can be home with her because finding a babysitter for a kid with a feeding tube <laughs> is a little bit difficult. Yeah. It freaks so everybody you had, out. You had asked Piper to babysit for you yeah. this summer. <laughs> And Piper was like, Mom, she's got a feeding tube. And I was like, fine, I'll go with you. You know. And then I'm like trying to do all the things. And I was like, ah, yeah, this is a little intimidating. But I mean, you know, I've done all the things with kids, you know. And right. I mean, there isn't a goo or a, right. a, 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 a you know, She comes something. with lots of goo. There's yeah, of that I haven't experienced before. Yeah. It's just with her, it was just in a different place, right there in the middle uh-huh. of her belly. You know, and so, but I had to come help Piper babysit because she was like, Mom, she's got a feeding tube. <laughs> I was like, really? I don't think she, and she said, what's the worst thing that can happen? And I'm like, I don't even think I want to answer this because it's not going to happen. Mom. It's not going to happen. You know, yeah, and I'm like, literally the worst thing that would happen is it would come out. Okay. I'm never doing this alone. She said, you know, but we, she's but so funny. I, I made her change a diaper or something that day, you know? And so then she got kind of familiar with the feeding. She's like, okay, the, this isn't so bad. Yeah. She didn't have to use it for anything. She's right. Just, yeah. Right. She didn't have to do a feeding and she right. didn't have to, and it didn't come out. So she was, you know, but I was like, literally, honey, the only time that would happen is like, I mean, I don't know. It would be an accident. Like, coming off the uh-huh. horse and it get caught on the saddle It has or happened. My friend, who is a nurse, was keeping her in Owasso. And uh, her little girl uh, was two at the time? No. Two, maybe three. And, and she picked her up and pulled it out. <gasps> it was a mess. And oh. she, yeah. And it freaked Isla out. And she's a nurse. Like, you know, <laughs> she's like, she's calling me. She's calling me all frantic on the phone. And I was just laughing so hard. And she's like, why are you laughing? You're supposed to. Because she needed to know where the syringe was in the bag and everything to do. Yeah. I mean, she knew what to do, but she in the moment, it's it, it, very stressful. Sure, and, sure. Yeah. Any any medical trauma is, you know, it's stressful <laughs> in the moment, but oh my word. Um, so, anybody who takes on some kind of a special needs, uh, you know, especially medical 
Um, you're going to have to be prepared for a lot of yes. doctor's appointments. Yeah. Also, DHS requires a lot of therapy appointments. Mm-hmm. For your TOT, you had... We had PT, OT, physical therapy, yes. occupational therapy, speech therapy. We did a, yeah, they weren't doing speech therapy until she was passing a swallow study because the first few she didn't pass. So we were doing, yeah, but we were doing PT and OT, oh gosh, once or twice a week. Okay. At that time. And then, yeah, three to four doctor's appointments a week, which I, three I mean, to I, four doctor's appointments so, for a, week. a while we did until we kind of got her figured out. We wow. were, that's what we were doing. Wow. Mm-hmm. So, um, but like you said, she really shouldn't. By the by, the time that she outgrows all of these things, she really has outgrown all. Yeah. Of her, she won't be quote disabled. Right. When she's no. past her challenges, she's gonna be just fine. Yeah. Yep. What a what a little miracle blessing. She really is. Yeah. yeah. So cute. Okay. So to the listeners, if you have any questions regarding open adoption, private adoption, um, DHS. Um, let's see, uh, special needs adoption. Uh, you can send an email to me at lucilleballmoments at gmail.com. You can send a mess, a voice message right there on Spotify. You can, uh, voice message me back. Um, and you can find me on all the medias at Heather Nuttall Westover. Um, some of them have like dash author after it or whatever. Search my three names and you will find me in some shape or form, and we can get your questions answered. Adoption really is a wonderful, beautiful thing, and then Sarah's case, like she shared, was the only way that she was going to ever be able to grow her family. Um, oh, one last thing that I would like to ask you about is, so I think every time we have a child, <laughs> there's always the chance that you're gonna pass on whatever mental illness, mm-hmm. whatever you know, personality quirk, whether it's like stubbornness or whatever. Um, I don't feel like, I think you two, you and Jordan are probably the most equipped as far as like adopting any child that would ever exist on the face of the (laughs) earth. Like you guys are just, you can work with anything. I have not seen you have really. If you're going to go down this journey, you have to be open. I mean, you can't have expectations. Right. You cannot have any sort of expectations. And the reason that I bring it up is because I've watched some younger families adopt a baby, you know, 18 months old maybe, or even newborn. And then when they're like, you know, seven or 11, and they're diagnosed with like all the orders, mm-hmm. you know, oppositional defiance disorder, uh, bipolar disorder, or, you know, whatever, it's like their bell is rung and oh my word, you know? Yeah. So how did you kind of mentally prepare yourself for that? I mean... Because I feel like you took it into consideration. We did. We did. I mean, and with, you know, um, a lot of these girls that come into the adoption agency, you know, they're not in... Well, they're not in a good enough place to be a mom. They're not. And a lot of times that has to do with mental illness or addiction. Right. Um, and, And that runs in my family. If I had had a biological child, I, w- I mean, it's we the could same. have had exactly. an addiction or a uh, or a yes. mental illness, either one, biologically right. or adopting. Exactly. So you took a good, hard, long look at that, and you were prepared for that. Yeah. Um, I think that's one of my <clears throat> my theme in foster care, adoptive care, is absolutely do it. It's a mm-hmm. blessing to you. It's a blessing to the child. It's a blessing to, like, in your case, it's been a blessing to both families that right. you've stayed open and communicating with. Um, but my second call to duty is please, please, please do some research on mental mm-hmm. illnesses that you may or may not be, you know, like, familiar with. Because a lot of times you might adopt a child and not have any clue what would be in their past history. Right. You know? So... While everyone gets, you know, prepared mentally and emotionally, especially through DHS, I might get this kid and the adoption might not go through. I have to emotionally be prepared to let them go if I need to. Mm -hmm. My second call to action is please educate yourself on mental health awareness, um, on ways that you can, you know, help kids talk through emotions, that you can kind of get a button, uh, you know, like a pulse on where they're at, even when they're young. You know, like um, my I, I did a podcast yesterday talking about social emotional regulation, and she does a mood meter with her kids in her classroom, 
where uh-huh. every day they wake up and they put their clip on, I'm tired, I'm hungry, I'm happy, I'm sleepy, I'm, you know, whatever. She has these four little categories and they all put their clip in where they are and then they discuss where they're at, you know? Right. And I just think, I just want to encourage all parents, this is absolutely calling worth doing. It's worth doing for you, it's worth doing for the child and their family. Yeah. And you can't, you have to go into it with the mindset that it's about them, it's not about me. Right. Right. You know? And, you know, and... And my my goal in making that one of my battle cries is that I want to make you more successful. When and if, or if and when it comes up, I want it to not be a sucker punch from the side. Right. I want it to be, hey, we discussed this. Mm-hmm. We, here's our game plan. Of course, it will have to be adjusted now that it's actually hitting us in the face. But we were prepared for this. Mm-hmm. You know, and our hearts were prepared. We're, you know, because... Um, any kind of mental illness, whether, you know, and technically I think attention deficit disorder can even be kind of lumped in with the medical illness or, you know, mental illness category. Like these are not things that keep you from having a wonderful mother, daughter, mother, son, you know, father, son relationship. It doesn't hinder that in any way. It's just a new way you need to be prepared to give of yourself to this child that you're Mm -hmm. adopting. Yep. So, okay. Well, that wraps us up for our second episode, and I so appreciate you being with me. Well, thank you for having me. All right. To my listeners, I will see you in another episode soon.